Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. Mm. And this time we are going to be reviewing Alfonso I. All right. The very first Alfonso of many. I was going to say, I mean, we, we have a Roman numeral. We do, uh, the first. Mm-hmm. He is also known as Alfonso the Catholic. Uh-huh. Um, so that he's do a little <laughs> oh, he's going to do well in orthodoxia, isn't he? He, he definitely <laughs> is. He, yes, he is the first of many Alfonsos. the The latest Alfonso I know of is thirteen. Holy hell! All right. However, there are going to be other people named Alfonso that will not get mm. a regnal number. So there are more I than see. thirteen Alfonsos. A lot of lot of Alfonsos. A lot of good, Alfonsos. Good to know. It's just some of them. Are considered uh, part of the Portuguese uh, oh, right. or, sure. or, or things of that nature. So gotcha. we will have more Alfonsos, but as for official kings of Spain, we have 13 regular numbers, and this is the first one. When we left our story, Fabula mm-hmm. had just been nommed by a bear. I was going to say the bear, you know, wiped its mouth and asked for seconds. Right. <laughs> he, he did not get seconds, though. I think everyone else ran away. There's no indication yes. that it was a you know, a hunt-wide feast. Right. But now... Oh, no, I couldn't possibly, said the bear. (laughs) But now this uh, kingdom that's in its infancy, the kingdom of Asturias, after only two years of a successful transition, Mm -hmm. has no king. Indeed. Right. Now, I mentioned in the last episode that Favila had children. You did. So theoretically, if we wanted to keep the inheritance going, the hereditary- Patrilineal vibe. Yes, the patrilineal vibe going, then Favila's children, one of them, should have inherited the throne, one of his sons. Yes. But you also mentioned that we don't have any names for the children, so I'm guessing that didn't happen. We don't know how old they were, so Mm. it's possible that they were still infants or children. I'm pretty confident that at least one of them was a boy because the inscription in the Church of the Holy Cross that he had built says hijos, which would Um, indicate there would be at least one male. Yes. So it's not like he only had daughters, but we don't know their ages and we don't know how capable they were of ruling. Mm. The Chronicle of uh, Alfonso III says this, quote, after the death of Favila, Alfonso was elected king by all the people, receiving the royal scepter with divine grace. Hmm. So it sounds hmm. like they did a Visigoth-esque thing here where the people got together, the nobles decided who they wanted as king. And this would right. make sense if Fabula's children were very young. Sure. People, However, I believe, is in quotation marks here. I assume that... <laughs> Yeah, all the people means people who were important. Right, right. Landowners are people. Everybody else is just a variation of farm uh, equipment. Yes, but it is kind of a blending of the Visigothic method of anybody who's a noble can be king. We just vote on who we want. Right. And the hereditary type of succession that, for example, the Franks do. Right. The list of candidates is fairly narrow. Yes, because Alfonso is related to Favila. They are brothers-in-law. Yes. Yes. Alfonso, he is not from Asturias. He is from Cantabria, which Mm -hmm. is the uh, region directly to the east 
of Asturias. Right. He is the son of Duke Pedro, Duke Peter of, oh. um, of Cantabria, right? All right. And, and suddenly I'm, I'm invested. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so Alfonso is a member of a very important noble family. He, he has a brother named Fruela. He, I said his father is the Duke Pedro of yes. Cantabria. So he's he's no slouch, mm-hmm. but he's not from Asturias. And yet the Asturian nobility were willing to agree to have him king, most mm-hmm. likely because he was married to Ermesinda, the daughter right. of Pelayo. Right. So uh, uh, a, a way of keeping the bloodline on the throne as a correct, um, but not handing the scepter over to a baby that's going to treat it like a chew toy. Correct. Yes. Okay. So so this is probably why Alfonso got the job. He's an adult. Mm. He's married to a descendant of Pelayo and he's very powerful. And Pelayo had signed off on the marriage. Yes, he wanted her. the marriage to bring the two families closer together. So if Pelayo is still sort of the 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 golden shining star, then then his blessing, his bringing Alfonso into the family must have struck everyone as a, a, a pretty good stamp of approval. Yes, definitely. Okay. And interestingly enough, Alfonso starts out his reign being very invested in being the king of Asturias. Ah. Basically what happened is when he was elected king or however Mm -hmm. it actually happened, right? His brother Fruela became Mm -hmm. the Duke of Cantabria, right? So Alfonso didn't hold both positions at once. Gotcha. So he went like all out of being Yay, Pelayo. Yay, Asturias. We're the mm-hmm. ones who are founding this Christian kingdom in the north, and it's right. awesome. Yeah, and plus, which, have you ever been to Cantabria? Dear Lord. I have been to Cantabria. It is quite nice, but I haven't been to Asturias, so ah. I cannot really compare. Mm. So one of the things that Alfonso is uh, the most famous for is building up the, well, not really building up the area, but building up the legend and the myth of the cave of Covadonga, right? This is where Pelayo hid out when they were eating honey out of rocks. Right, right. Right. He he builds a church there. Mm. And he also builds, well, he has a, a figure of the Virgin Mary put there because according to Pelayo, he says that he won the battle because the Virgin Mary appeared to him and helped him. And and why not? So he's turning it into sort of a tourist destination. He's tur- tur- turning it into a shrine. Yes. Right. A pilgrimage site. I'm sure the merchandising is very profitable. Yes. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, he is so invested in this idea of Asturias and Pelayo and Covadonga that he mm-hmm. himself is buried there. Oh, wow. When he dies. That's that's commitment to the grift. It uh, is nicely commitment done. to the bit, definitely. <laughs> okay. Then one year after he takes the throne, so he took the throne in 739, and then one okay. year later is 740. Uh-huh. And oh, you know, as in, go ahead. As in the Berber revolt. Right, right. Yes. I was going to say, things are afoot. Things uh, are afoot. So Uqba is no longer governor. Now right. uh, Ibn Katan is suddenly governor again. Yes. They're very busy. Mm-hmm. But this also means that most of the non-Christians, most of the Muslims in Galicia leave. Mm. Remember, the majority of them are Berbers. Right. 
This is this is the the not so great land that they have been given. So do they join the revolt? Is they that, join is that the revolt. Okay. So All this right. Is, this is why the the three columns of Berber forces come marching down from the north. They come right. from Galicia. That's where the bulk of them are. Huh. So the land is depopulated? The is that... land is, uh, it's not completely depopulated. They don't pick up, like they leave right. their families or, or, you know, some stay. But Let me rephrase. The land is up for grabs. The land is up for grabs because suddenly there's a lot fewer men of fighting age in yeah. the area and nobody's watching them. Uh -huh. Like the point of pu putting the Berbers there was not only to fulfill their obligations to give them land while not giving them the good land. Mm -hmm. It was also to have somebody there, Muslim, part of the caliphate, to watch the Christians and make sure they didn't get up to anything. Right. So now, so much for that. <laughs> so, so much for that. So, Alfonso realizes this is a golden opportunity. Yeah. Uh, this, this is probably what Favila was waiting for, by the way. Again, this to, probably to, to, is to, what Favila was waiting for. give him some credit. Yes. But. So, according to the Chronicle of Alfonso III, and I'm going to read the entire quote. Oh, goody. So, here we go. All right. Quote Together with his brother, Fruela, he took many cities in battle, deploying mm. his army frequently. Specifically, he took Lugo, Tui, Oporto, Aniega, the metropolitan city of Braga, Viseo, Chavez, Ledesma, Salamanca, Numancia, which is now called Zamora, Avila, Astorga, Leon, Simancas, Saldana, Amaya, Segovia, Osma, Sepulveda, Arganza, Clunia, Mave, Oca, Miranda, Revenga, Carbonarica, Abeca, Cenicero, and Alasanco with their fortresses, villas, and villages. That's 29. <laughs> That's 29. Yes. What? Hey. They just listed every single city that he took. Right. And again, let's consider how quickly could he have been taking these? I mean, even if he did, I mean, all right, one a month. Oh, all right. <laughs> this this was this, probably throughout his entire reign, which was yeah, not short. Even but. so, uh, clearly this is a man who knew that several centuries later there would be a podcast with a category of conquistador. Oh, no. Uh, he massively he, increases the size of Asturias. He knew, he knew he was going to be scored on he that. He basically took back all of Galicia wow. and then advanced south to the Duero River, which is oh, yeah. south of the Picos de Europa. So they're coming down from the mountains and going south on the peninsula. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Some of those cities are still very important today. I mentioned Zamora. Um, yes. Segovia is very important. Right. Salamanca. I was going to say, I've heard important. Salamanca for sure. Um, there um, are some cities which you may have heard me say that now uh, are in Portugal, such as Lugo, mm -hmm. Oporto, right? These are still cities in Portugal to this day. Yes. So, in Northern Portugal. So, mm. yes, he took all of these. Uh, another great quote is, he always crushed the audacity of his enemies. <laughs> oh, so it's it's not just beating you, it's 
teaching you a lesson. Yes. <laughs> then the Chronicle goes on to say something very interesting. Mm -hmm. It lists all of those places. Yes. And it says, killing all the Arabs with the sword, he led the Christians back with him to his country. Oh. So Alfonso is continuing this depopulation that Pelayo began. Huh. The idea, and I mentioned it in Pelayo's episode, is to leave a no man's land between Al-Andalus and the King ah. of the He's making a DMZ. Yes, okay. he's making a DMZ right. or a right. buffer state. So he controls this area, but he's he's very open with the people who live there. He says, look, I can't constantly protect you. Right. I can, I right. can set up an outpost, but mm -hmm. you should move back to Asturias with us. Sure. And by and large, they do. I was going to say, given their probably fairly recent experiences, probably would have gone with the guy who had just conquered and, and technically, I suppose, liberated us. Right. Um, now, there are some places that, that don't, that they, they remain settled. For example, the Chronicle points out that the coastal region of Galicia was settled by Christians. Mm. So that's oh. kind of far enough away mm. from the, the border that it, that it can be settled with people mm -hmm. um, to, to make it a Christian inhabitants. And right? presumably that there must have been Muslim people, either Arabs or Berbers, who had put mm -hmm. down, who had been there long enough to put down roots yes. and figured we can stay around, stick around, they, assuming they, they had not been put to death by the sword. By the sword, uh, right. No, they probably just stayed and, and were very quiet yes and lived quiet lives mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. that is true but yeah so this desert of the duero el desierto del duero oh, is what it's called. nice it's almost nice. 100 years before that area is repopulated with towns and cities woof okay like i said it's not everywhere you know there are many cities that that remained populated throughout the entire time mm -hmm. but by and large he just pulls all the people back right yes all right so i mean amazing success absolutely yeah. amazing success yes yeah. he as as we know he was married to ermisinda who was yes. Bio's daughter and yes. they have children and because alfonso also has a very long rule these children mm. grow up and become adults ah, or the not. issue uh oh <laughs> The issue possibly is that he has too many. Oh, oh, all right. He has four children that we know of. Mm -hmm. Three of them were with Ermisinda, and one was born to a Muslim slave. Oh. Which is cheerful. Right. Right. Um, yeah, let's not inquire too deeply into the emotional circumstances of that or the power dynamics because uh, otherwise we're just gonna spiral we are uh, um his oldest son was named fruella named after his brother so okay fruella sure his uncle gotcha same name he has another son named vimorano mm -hmm. he has a and he has a daughter named adosinda mm. all of these people will come back again all right the okay. child of the Muslim slave is called Maragatus. Oh, he will also come back. I was going to say, whoa, we 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 know his name. That's... Yeah, it's a lot of people, a lot of personalities. His brother Fruella yes. also has children with strong personalities. Uh huh. So we're we're going to see this this all kind of coming back. Alfonso himself rules for eighteen years. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. 
So he is king for 18 years, oh. and uh, he dies a natural death Ugh. in the year 757. The I'm issue being is 757 is ahead of where we are in the South, so right. I don't officially know this, but I will tell you the governor period is over by then. Oh. Okay. Al-Andalus well, will have its own regent in the. Senate. It was it was pretty clearly winding down. It anyway, is winding so, down. Yes. I did mention there was a civil war coming, and we'll talk right. about that. But the, the yes. governorship does not have much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very soon, Al-Andalus will be quasi independent mm-hmm. and have its own emir. Right. Gotcha. This is a good move for Al-Andalus because it becomes much more stable. Yes. But that's not a good move for Asturias, especially when I've just mentioned four people with the possibility of more in Fruela's children who might all want to be king. Right, right. And once again, George R.R. Martin raises a hand saying, I can write this book. Yeah, he could write this book very, very easily. (laughs) To which the rest of us say, shut the hell up, George, and write Winds of Winter. Well, yes, we would all prefer that. So again, we see in these past two episodes, the caliphate and the governorship has been in chaos. Mm -hmm. So Favila and Alfonso I are able to achieve a lot. Right. After Alfonso I dies, Al-Andalus has settled and is more stable. Uh That means that the North has more opportunity to infight uh yeah yeah they can't really make any progress against the muslims right yeah it's always historically speaking it's always after henry v that the battle that the war of the roses comes along there you have the great well or alexander you have the great victory followed by people who don't know how to be winners and just have to tear it all down. As I said, he died a natural death in eh. 57 okay. after just over 18 years of rule. He, he was buried, as I said, at the at Covadonga, at that tourist site, as you said, that he set up. Mm-hmm. And his, his gravestone reads, here lies the holy and Catholic king, Don Alonso I. <laughs> Obviously, this was made many years after uh, yes. he interred there because they wouldn't right. know he was the first at the time. No. <laughs> so Don Alonso I and his wife, Doña Hermesinda, the sister mm. of Don Favila, who he succeeded. This king won many victories against the Moors. He died in Cangas de Onis in 757. Mm. So pretty straightforward. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure when that was put there, the inscription, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, pretty impressive. Yes. Eventful. Eventful. Uh, did, did, did stuff. So do you want to rate them? Oh, I do. Our first category is conquistadores. How much did he conquer? Well, I mean, 29 yeah. cities. Right. This is the closest I've ever been to just giving someone a 10. It's very good. It's, you know, the many people are like, yes, okay, Pelayo was the first king, Favila succeeded him, but Alfonso the first is really the first king of Asturias and he's the first person to start the reconquest right really no matter what they say about right really made it clear that this was not a blip that this was this was definitely a a legitimate counter-revolution I mean with that there was absolutely going to be momentum yeah and now I will say you Mm -hmm. did point out that this is probably what Favila had been waiting for 
Sure. Alfonso probably couldn't have done as well as he did if it wasn't right. for the Berber Revolt. Indeed. But just because he waited and picked the right moment doesn't he mean know to that... take that moment. Fair. Right. Yes. To, knew to take the moment and and an unbroken string of 29 victories suggests that it could not have simply been luck. Yeah, 29 um, victories over 18 years is taking more than one city a year. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. The only reason I am hesitant mm. is that uh, giving him a 10 leaves us nowhere to go. And there are there are monarchs who are going to conquer continents. That is um, true. So if we're looking I wasn't thinking at, far enough ahead, because I'm thinking right. of Fernando and Isabel, and I'm like, right. yeah, uh, obviously they, they finished the reconquest. They right. were very high. Sure. But um, right. is that not as good as this? But then I forgot about the new world. <laughs> right. I was going to say, just in terms of sheer geography added to the map, I cannot see myself giving him any less than a nine. Yeah, I think um, I have to give him a nine. Right. I have to give him a nine. And and again, it, you know, just sort of pulling him aside and saying, look, seriously, you're getting a nine because someone down the road has to get a 10. But for your time, you're a 10. Yeah. It's just no. that we have to look at the sweep. <laughs> he did everything that we celebrate Pelayo for. Yes, exactly. I feel like this is very common with medieval kings. I feel like Alfred the Great gets all of the good press when it was really Athelstan. That's right. He did all That's the work. Exactly right. You know? Exactly right. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, I feel like we've seen this before. Right. But I think excellent have. job, Alfonso I. Uh, that's a nine for me and nine for Peter. 18 yep. points for Conquistadores. Really terrific work. Highest score we've ever given. All right, our second category is No Me Digas. It's a little unclear how he took the throne. Mm, yeah, although it's pretty clear that it was what everyone sort of collectively agreed yes. was best. There's no stories about uh, throwing babies into the North Sea. You know? Right, no, no. Fabulous no. children did not meet a terrible end that we no. know. No, no indications that they, you know, reopened the room of knives and poison no. uh, for visitors. No, you you kind of got the sense that they, they everybody knew who he was, that he'd mm -hmm. been hanging around because of uh, Ermesinda, and that Pelayo thought highly enough of him, and that when Fabula, you know, disappeared down the gullet of a bear <laughs> they you just get the sense that they knew that this was the guy for the job mm -hmm. and and the fact that it was uh, again you know he alfonso the third says popular you know yeah acclaim so you know i i don't think that that's here here's what i would say that i don't think gives him any points for nomadigas i agree so there's the nothing... muslim slave however oh yeah is going to majorly get him points. Yeah. We actually do know her name. Oh, we do. Okay. We do. Her name was uh, Cisalda. Okay. Which is okay. obviously not a Muslim name. They just gave her that name. Right. No, exactly. Uh, but we know her name because, as I said, Maragatus, her son, is All right. important. So, okay. So yeah. We, we and and the idea of there's no way it was voluntary. Oh, no, I mean, I'm th sure there's no way. There's no way that we can 
hallmark card this you know hallmark channel i should say this story and one imagines that ermesinda wasn't too oh i wonder well i'm sure she didn't really have much that she was allowed to say about it (laughs) no not allowed to say but let's imagine how ermesinda treats cisalda who is of course a servant let's imagine the young wife of margatus um i mean so much no me digas yes. uh, in that. There's no way that Fruella didn't hold Maragatus down at one point and spit in his mouth. I mean, like, that happened, clearly. Well, these siblings uh, do not have a good relationship. Exactly. Okay? Like, all yes. of them. You and their okay. cousins. None of them okay. get along. All right. All right. So, clearly, clearly... There's a fair amount of ugliness, and and the thing is, Alfonso, I think, has to get a little bit of the, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, credit hmm. uh, for that. A lot of drama, and uh, as the saying goes, the fish rots from the head down. Well, I do have one more story. It is positive, oh, good. though, but I'm oh, sure, but people okay. did talk about it. All right. So the Chronicle of Alfonso III said that Alfonso was a great man. He was loved by God and by everyone alike, and he was wonderful. And then, before finishing its entry Mm -hmm. on Alfonso I, it says this, quote, I will not be silent about the miracle which I know truly to have occurred. Oh, we have a miracle. We haven't had one of those in a long time. When Alfonso gave up his spirit in the silence of the dead of night, his body was being guarded by the palace officials. Mm. Suddenly the voices of angels on high singing psalms were heard by everyone. Behold how the just man is uplifted and no one reflects. And behold how the just men are uplifted and no one understands with the heart. The just man is borne up from the face of iniquity and he will be at peace in his sepulcher. Know this to be the truth and do not think it fabulous. I would prefer to say nothing than to pass on a falsehood. <laughs> I love oh. that ending. Like, for yeah. real, guys. For yeah. real. Totally. No kidding. Also, I have a girlfriend in Canada. You wouldn't know her. She goes to another school. Wow. All right. Sure. Why not? Right. So we, we do have some some negative family situations. Yes. And yes. we have the fact that he was p- apparently such a just man that angels sang when he died. That's a lot to talk about. That's a lot to talk That's about. I'm going to have to give him a decent score. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to go for a five, actually. I was going to say, I was going to go as high as a six. Oh, wow. Um, just because, again, the family stuff, it's its clearly so dark and messed up. And you imagine what dinner is like. Oh, I don't and, want to. Exactly. <laughs> I just And then the oh. kids started getting start getting married, right? And when then they, they become st- adults and then the in-laws get in on it. Right. Oh. Right. So, We're gonna have some fun yeah. in some so, upcoming episodes. So Let me I'm tell just you. saying I, I feel like it's a six. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an eleven for Nomadigas. Mm. Pretty good up. Our third category is Orthodoxia. Chronicle of 750 of 754. Mm. The Chronicle of Alfonso the Third says right. that he built many basilicas. Okay, all right. Uh, we only know of the one, which is the one at Covadonga. Uh, right. To, to be that pilgrimage site. Right. I mean, he basically built Graceland. There's there's, there's a location that he created in order to 
buttress not just his own authority, but the authority of the kingdom itself. While obviously, you know, Pelayo himself is not a saint, it, it, it all has very much of a, hey, Thomas Beckett is dead. What do we do? Well, let me tell you what we're going to do for Canterbury. Everybody's going to come to Canterbury. We are going to have another very important pilgrimage site coming up very soon, for those of you who know about the, the Way of St. James. Mm. But oh. before that happens, this was the pilgrimage site. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so built a pilgrimage site, made mm-hmm. made a place that thousands of people come to for explicitly religious reasons. That's, you know, that's a big this is a big deal. I think we have to score him fairly well here. Built built a number of basilicas yes. and built including this one. <laughs> right. Built built the site of a pilgrimage. I mean, you know, uh yeah. that's that's a big deal. And of course, he is known as Alfonso the, the what Catholic. again? Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he does pretty good. Yeah. I I feel like this has to be something like a seven. It's a good, good, solid score. Yeah. I will agree and also give him a seven, which makes a 14 for right. orthodoxy. Wow. He's doing so well. Amazing. All right, our final category with points is El Resto, the other things that go along with him being king. Well, I mentioned that he had four children, three (laughs) legitimate children and one illegitimate child who he still Mm -hmm. recognized as his son. He ruled for 18 years from Mm -hmm. uh, 739 to 757, which is a huge amount of time. He died a natural death, which is not very interesting, but kind Mm -hmm. of impressive. And and it speaks to his overall level of popularity, I suppose. And then, of course, we also have art and depictions. Oh, goody. So I'm going to show you the same two sources uh, for the miniatures that we saw Mm -hmm. for Favila. Okay. Not as interesting as Favila. Well, yeah. As you might imagine. Yeah, right. So here's the first one. Oh, well, you know, it's it's exactly what I would expect. That horse looks real happy. Right. Look at him yes. ridden. I was going to say that is that is that is a horse that knows that it's going to trample over some uh, Moorish bones any yes. second now. And it's um, thrilled about it. Yes. Alfonso, and, we don't get much of a sense of because he's completely in armor. Right. And by the way, you know, could could he or the horse be any whiter? Oh yeah, um, they're like the same there, color. There is very definitely, and that there, and they're the same uh, as the background of the banner. This is a very old, so there's probably some fading that went on. Right, but but, but yes. you can kind of tell they're going to stomp on some people of they color. Stomp on just, people. Just saying. So so that's the first one, and then the other one is from the family tree. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you can see it's the same. The same well, style. considerably more dignified than his brother-in-law. Well, um, uh, yeah, because he was wrestling a bear, and the bear was happy about it. But um, they have not. You can see that he is. Yes. Uh, it says El Rey Católico up at the top. Yes. So, so. Uh, we do not have our bodily proportions worked out well at all. His his torso is the torso of a toddler. Yeah. Uh, whereas his limbs are comparatively massive. I would also like to point out that that is not how you wear a crown. It's on top of his helmet. Right. They're trying to do that thing that you see in, well, again, every production of Henry V, where there is a helmet and the crown is attached to or part of the helmet. But that always looks good. This doesn't uh, look so attached at all. This doesn't look attached at all. This looks like it's about to fall off. Uh, also, um, I do want to say, 
first of all, I've just noticed his beard is terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, Look that is, uh, like, yeah, gritty. no. It's gross. Right. Um, but at the bottom, uh, you can see it says marido, which means husband. Hmm. So they clearly point out of this this family tree that he's the husband. Of, of sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. He married into this family. Right. Although, but, and also, that's not how you hold a sword at all. That is yeah. a weird-ass way of holding a sword. At least his um, fingers aren't like the um, the illuminations I showed you of recipes. No, no, those are that's actually those are actually pretty good hands. They're pretty the good time hands. Period, those are pretty good hands. Yep. Um, but wow. Okay. All right. Let's look at some statues. Here's okay. here we are again in okay. Yeah. Now we'll talk about uh, Alfonso, or as it says here, Alonso the first. Right. Who is he? Is wearing a turban. He is straight um, up wearing a turban. Yes. But mind you, his 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 crown emerges from above it. But it does. Follow up question: Why? I don't know why. <laughs> and let's talk about the sword now. He's kind of just like, eh. I don't know if it's yeah. over, but he's definitely not mm. gripping it as strongly as Fabio. No, Ohio. no, very very lackadaisical. Let us yeah. say with the blade. Not looking straight out, unlike anybody, everybody else. Right, he's that, kind like, of that, seen something at the corner of the room. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, not, uh, not bad by yeah. any means, and uh, but odd. I, I, I feel as though that is not a good representation of the man. No, well, here I'll show you another bad representation okay. in sculpture. Oh. The oh, um, the sculpture series in the, mm. in the royal palace and in the gardens of Retiro. They oh, have made okay. one of Alfonso mm. the first because he's mm. so important. And well, here it is. Oh my God! No, no, no absolutely no. not. No. First of all, he looks like he's about twelve. Yes. Second of all, he it doesn't he doesn't appear to have a shirt. No, he looks like no, he looks like Which Timothy Chalamet. Is fine, he looks like Timothy Chalamet? But and his his skirt is like way low on his hips. Like you very low. He's going to moon you any second. Yes, exactly. No, that's no. that's that's awful. It's awful. That, everything about it is the that's not how cloaks hang. No, it's not. Um, he's gripping the sword through through the, the cloak. cloak. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, this is this is terrible. Whoever the sculptor was, th they got the job through nepotism. Yeah, not good. Um, not good. Right. No. Uh, and then we have the painting in the oh, Toronto, okay. All right. Which, Kind of cheers me up because he's very definitively squat. Yes. Like he's he is. short. That is a, <laughs> and yeah, that cracks that is, me up. Right. That is a box of a man. He, uh, he is box-like. You know, right. Um, mind you, given his track record, I can accept a sort of, uh, let us say he, he, he has the career of a man with a low center of gravity. Yeah. Um, and he's, I, he's gripping an axe, right. which I also would believe of him. Yes. And that is a that is a lovely sword in the, in the scabbard. You don't normally see as much effort paid to painting the scabbard mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of, of detail, and that is really good. We're back to ring mail. Yes, uh, we are. I notice underneath it. Yes. Um, we're back to the red cloak. Uh, yes. Also, we still have nice. the mountains in the back to indicate yes. the Pico State Europa. north of Spain. Yes. Um, I feel as though we've seen that exact same background before. Probably. Um, it's 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 fine. It's a I, little generic. It's believable, though. It's very believable. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. 
setting aside the fact that he is very clean looking, well, yeah. uh, he does look, he does sort of give off the vibe of somebody who has already taken 15 cities mm-hmm. and knows that he's just hit his stride. Yes. Um, very confident there. This, this um, is a guy who, when they told him about the Burpa revolt, went, mm-hmm. huh, all right. Like, no yeah, hesitation, no. no surprise, no... Just, dusted his hands and got to work. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And the last thing I have to show you is the church at Covadonga, the, oh, okay. the tourist site, the shrine. Right. Oh, right. no, this isn't it. Sorry. Oh, okay. Here it is. Oh, wow. It is pretty good. I'll, That's I'll show you really a wonderful. So the church itself, you can see it's been rebuilt several times, but this mm-hmm. is where the original church mm-hmm. was. It's literally in the cave right it is car i mean it, it it looks like it is carved into the side of a mountain right there's um, a little like alcove over here and that's mm-hmm. where the virgin mary statue typically goes okay um and it's just like the site is wow a- oh it makes falling water look like a joke okay um, well this is this is most of the ones that show the water mm-hmm. are not as um impressive because that's just if it has rained a lot oh okay still Um, though still that shot with uh i mean a a, a built over the water here's here's a better one all right that's as much water as it usually is all right it's still pretty spectacular it is it's got Uh, like the grotto the waterfall yeah yeah I'd go on a pilgrimage there. Yeah, I, I, I would too. I was going to say, if you if you showed up to that after a pilgrimage, you would feel as though the trip had been justified. Yes, you, um, you would feel blessed. Yes, yeah. No, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, well, you can't say he didn't leave a lot behind him. Obviously, the, 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 the positive includes pilgrimage site, the... Uh, the, the the taking back of 29 cities the 18 uh, years that he ruled over the a 18 kingdom. years um i mean and, not so peaceful for those cities he took back but no 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 uh but also uh also left behind uh a fascinating mess uh yes. with four children yes uh and and the drama that is clearly uh looming on the horizon yes but um, we have to finish out the governor period before we can right. get back to them but but you but but basically if we're talking about the 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 legacy there's just so much mm. honestly i'm thinking seven i was also gonna say seven yeah i thought yeah. you were gonna go for eight but no no i'm thinking seven but that is yeah uh wow very very impressive i can see why there were 12 more of him yeah it's a good name it's a it's a good ancestor to be named after. yeah it's a good name to start i mean i was going to say take you want to name your son something auspicious alfonso that's the way to go so that is seven for me seven from you that's a 14 for el resto which means his total score is 57 wow highest score we've had so far wow even higher than musa higher than musa and he was our I previous mean, high scorer yep that's insane and and yet at the same time i don't feel apologetic about any of it i don't feel no, the i don't either revise no no yeah. so now we have to ask ourselves is this guy kingly <laughs> enough rulerly enough for us to have him sign the charter the medieval charter known as the fuero or do we tell him fuera get out 
boy, this is an easy call, isn't it? It is another I mean, easy call. Duh, I mean, this is this is about as easy a call as Tolga. Yes, he absolutely can. He is definitely a fuero. I, uh, I can't think of anybody else recently who is more likely to pick up a pen, write say, Yoel Ray across the right. face, and then the, go away. I was going to say, yeah, no, he is going to John Hancock that. Yes, um, he is. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a hearty uh endorsement of fuero good it's um, been a while since we've had one yeah we haven't had a really good one for a while oh, this, this one, is yeah. a really good one yeah mm-hmm. well congratulations alfonso the first you are going to sign the fuero yes. nicely done let us know what you think of him uh we mm-hmm. have twitter and facebook and gmail accounts and those are all spanish arpada we also have a website spanisharpada.com and we really love to hear from fans mm. All right, it is time for recommendations. I can go first. Cool. Mine is sort of an odd one. It's, well, it's not odd in that it is a book. It is perhaps odd in that it is specifically recommended as an audio okay. uh, book. Well, you uh, did not that, that you... with Stanley Tucci's book as well. Oh, I did. I did. That's right. Okay, so I'm doing that again. It is It is a science fiction book. It is by uh, a man called Dennis E. Taylor, and it is called, and this is the title, we are Legion, we are Bob. Okay. Uh, and I want to point out that we are Bob is in parenthesis. So it's we are Legion, we are Bob, which is a title that makes absolute sense once you understand the premise of the book. And the premise of the book is a man living in our day and age makes a whole lot of money very quickly and decides to spend it on a bunch of dumb stuff. And one of the dumb things that he buys is he arranges to have his head cryogenically frozen when he dies just kind of as just almost as a goof well as no sooner as he means this arrangement than he is hit by a car and he wakes up quotation marks hundreds of years in the future to discover that he has been essentially digitally downloaded into a space probe where space exploration uh, has been turned over to individuals like himself who, because they are not technically people, can be legally assigned this essentially nightmarish job. Oh, gosh. And and it, it's fascinating because the author is having a lot of fun with some actually pretty serious issues of space exploration. In particular, there's what's known as uh, the theory of the von Neumann probe, which is essentially, long story short, when we get around to exploring space, the way we're going to do it is not in person. What we're going to do is we're going to build probes that have AI that have the ability to replicate themselves, to mine raw materials and build more of themselves. And that is what Bob, who is the lead character, does. He starts to build more of himself. And every single one of these uh, versions of himself starts out as an identical uh, copy. And then very quickly, because of individual experiences, begins to develop its own personality. But they're all Bob. Anyway, it is it is it is done very tongue in cheek. It is done very, uh, I want to say, lightly it is mostly uh because bob is a big nerd okay um and so bob's entire way of understanding for example space travel is through star trek and star wars that's all he knows um 
he immediately takes his onboard computer and reprograms it to sound like Admiral Akbar from Return nice. of the Jedi. Anyway, the audio recording is the way to go because the, the narrator, who is all the different versions of Bob, is delightful. He is uh, very charming. He makes the, basically, the science go down very smoothly. It's just a very light, uh, very enjoyable read. Um, so I recommend it. Uh, it's actually a series, So, I'm, but I'm only going to recommend the first one. I will basically say, if you like the first one, you will like everything that follows it. Um, so it is called We Are Legion, We Are Bob by Dennis E. Taylor, narrated by Ray Porter. Uh, strongly recommended. Nice. I am also going to be recommending a book this ah. time, but a completely different kind of book. I'm going to gotcha. recommend Philippa Gregory's latest series. Ah, okay. So Philippa Gregory, for those of you who don't know, is writes mm. historical fiction, very mm -hmm. good, very well researched, mostly focused on the late Plantagenets, the Wars of the Roses, and the mm -hmm. Tudors, and also mostly focused on women, queens mm -hmm. and the like. Uh, amazing, amazing books. Her book, The Other Boleyn Girl, was made into a movie. Mm -hmm. Right, I've read all of those. Right. She has a new series out. The first book in it, I think, was published in like 2018, 2019. The second one was in 2020. And then the third one is coming out this November. Mm. And the first book is called Tidelands. The second mm. one is called Dark Tides. And I think the one coming up is called Darklands. I'm not sure. But it uh, is Dawn, about Dawnlands. Dawnlands, yes. yes. It is about uh, a family of commoners, just poor peasants. And it takes place during the English Civil War. Mm. So it's it's a departure both in time and in focus for, mm -hmm. from what Philippa Gregory usually writes, because she usually writes about Wars of the Roses time and about um, the royal family. Mm -hmm. But it's so good. I started, okay. I started reading Tidelands when I had COVID and it really just got me through. Like mm, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. is just, it's about a woman um, who lives on the Southern coast of England and uh, her husband has left. So she has two children now to raise by herself. And she meets a man who is actually a Catholic priest. He's sneaking oh, into right. the country. That's not good. <laughs> yes, she, he's sneaking into the country to to support um, Charles the First. Right, his bid to retain the crown. Mm -hmm. And so she gets pulled into like all of these events uh, surrounding the English Civil War. Uh, and then the second book, which I've just started, uh, Darker Tides, picks up with, with the same family, mm -hmm. but now it is in Charles II's reign. Mm. Uh, and I think the third book begins towards the end of James II's reign. So it's it's very impactful okay. time period, but it, mm. it still has all of that same Philippa Gregory zing. She does this thing where her characters make a really bad decision. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they never waver from it. And there's usually a naysayer <laughs> who tells them, are you sure this is a good idea? Right. But the character cannot be convinced to 
change course. So you as the reader can see clearly all right. of the negative consequences that are coming. Right. But you still have to read through it and get there and watch them happen. Like you can see the cliff's edge coming and <laughs> it is amazing. Okay. It's just so great. So Philippa Gregory's uh series Tidelands and Dark Tides are out and then Dawnlands are coming is coming out in November. All right. Yes. Excellent. So next time when you hear from us, we are going to jump back down to Al-Andalus because they mm -hmm. have put down the Berber Rebellion, but now they're having a civil war. Right. So this takes up most of Alfonso's reign. So we're going to yes. see what was happening down in the south while he was scooping up towns like they were discarded <laughs> toys on the floor. Exactly. Yes. All so right. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>